Okay, um, good morning. Today's shir is for a full shleima of Orin Meir Akoyin Vas Ben Yehudis Gittel and for and it's Le'ilu Nishmas Yerachmiel Ben Dov Ber and Mordechai Favel Ben Yitzchak. The, today's daf is daf Lamed Aleph. We're going to go from the last line of Lamed Amud base 30b. So, this seems to be brought up in the last piece. Remember, we were just discussing how uh, the patient uh, rabbis got, uh, um, how patience and uh, calmness is a virtue, and the rabbis uh, saved themselves from trouble, getting into debates with their sons, being mamzerim, etc., by being, uh, by just uh, letting things slide. And so with that, we jump onto another. This is quite a famous Gemara, but it says, Tanu a person should always be humble, patient, gentle like Hillel. And he should not be a captain, impatient, strict, severe like Shammai. There was a case with two people. They took a bet with each other. Whoever can go and anger Hillel should get, will get 400 Zeus. Very interesting bet. The loser, the, 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 the goal is whoever can get Hillel angry and the, the one who manages, the other person pays him 400 Zeus. Very significant amount. So, I'm going to go and make him angry. That day was Erev Shabbos and Hillel was washing his hair for Shabbos. And he went by the house and he says, Omar, Mikan Hillel, Mikan Hillel. Is there any Hillel here? Is there any Hillel here? So Hillel uh, wrapped himself, put on his, uh, got, got dressed and went out to meet him. Omar, how can I help you? So Omar, so the person said to him, I have a question. So Omar Lay Hillel said, Shal Bani Shal ask. So he asked him, what was his question? Now, you've got to take note, all these things he's done is to catch him at a bad time and aggravate him even more. Um, what's his, his first point here? He went on Erev Shabbos. You know, people are already a bit more stressed. He went when he was in the middle of his shower. A bit more stressed. He was Hillel Hillel. Hillel was the Nasi. He was the leader of the... Jewish people, and he's like, just talking, Hillel, Hillel, is anyone here? Um, so he says, And what was his question? What's the reason that the heads of the Babylonians, Segal Galos, are oval or round shaped, slightly odd shaped? So, and the reason is because they don't have expert, they don't have good midwives, they don't know how to uh, adjust the head slightly when they. Um, when they uh, when they deliver the children. Sorry, what's that? Okay, but no talking or touching. Um, so he says, um, um, So Omar Lay Beni Sha'ila Alta. It's a very good question, and yeah, oh, sorry, it's a very good question. And he answered him that it's because of the their midwife. Now. So one second. So he went, he waited an hour, waited a while, and 
because of Omar, and he came and again, he said, Mikan Hillel, Mikan Hillel, is Hillel here, is Hillel here? Misate, Fiyotzel, he crossed us, so Hillel put on his uh, jacket, came out to meet him. Omar lo bini, ma how can I help you? So Omar leish, Eile yeishli lishalai, he says, I have a question, Omar leish, al bini, shal, he says, go ahead, ask. So he says, Mibnei ma'ay neim shel tarmudayim trutois, why are the eyes of the tarmudayim trutois, I don't know if it's round or blurry, um, but not the usual shape. So, Amr lo bini shayla gadola shat. Ah, that's an excellent question. Bipnei shedarim beinachulois. It's because they live by sand, so their eyes are shaped in a way that they can, uh, um, that they protect it from the sand. Holach vehimtim shaachas. And again, you see, he's asking annoying questions, questions that have no urgency, um, seemingly silly questions. And uh, Hillel staying calm and helping him. Hola, fehimtim shachas. Chosof ha'omer, mikan Hillel, mikan Hillel. Again, he comes a while later and he says, Is Hillel here? Is Hillel here? Nisatei fiyotza lekroisa. So Hillel went to uh, put on his jacket, went out to see him. Omalei benima tomavakesh. How can I help you? So Omalei, she'ele yeishli lishalai. He says, I have a question. So Omalei, Hillel says to him, Shal beni shal, ask, go ahead. Mipnei marag lehem shal afrikiyem rochovos. Why are the... Africans with Afrikim's feet very broad. So Amali Benish Ailakadailash Alta. You're asking an excellent question. It's because they live by the swamps. I uh, different explanations. Um, either they had uh, wider feet so that they didn't sink into the mud as much, or because they always walked barefoot, their feet broadened. But uh, that's the answer. So Amar Lo Shailos Harba Yeshli Lishol says, I have many questions to ask. But I'm afraid you'll get angry. So Nisate V'yoshev Lafonov, Hillel, I guess, adjusted his jacket, got comfortable, and he sat before him, and he says, Amar Lo Kol Shailos Yeshli Lishol Shol, any question you have to ask, you can ask. So Amar Lo, this person said to Hillel, Atohu, Hillel Shekoi Noscho Nosi Yisrael, are you the Hillel that they call the Nosi of Yisrael? So Amalehen, yes, that's me. So Amalei, imatohu lo yarbu kamoizcho b'Yisrael. He says, if that's the case, well, they should not have uh, many like you in Yisrael. So he says, uh, why, why, what's so bad? Why should they not be more like me? So he says to him, Amalei, al dalet because I've lost 400 zuz. So Amalei have a No, a person should always be careful with his spirit, with his demeanor, and Kadaihu Hilal Shetovod Al Yoto, Dalid Mayadzuz Vidalid Mayazuz Vihilo Yakbid. It's worthy for Hilal that you lost four hundred Zuz once and four hundred Zuz again, and Hilal did not become angry. I uh, we see the value placed on not getting angry, we see Hilal's demeanor, how calm and patient um how calm and patient he was. Okay, so I mean, obviously, there's deeper readings into the sugya, but on the surface, it's a, a important lesson just on how to deal with people and even difficult people. Tonerabonan, another case. There was a non-Jew who came before Shama. Says, how many Torahs do you have? So, Omar Leishtayim, Torah Shem Yisav, Torah Shem Alpeh. We have two, the Torah Shem Yisav and the Torah Shem Alpeh. So, Omar Leishtayim, Torah Shem Yisav, Torah Shem Alpeh. It makes sense to believe in the written Torah. Sheba Alpeh, Aini Mamincha, but for the Sheba Alpeh, the oral Torah, I don't really believe you that it's essential or that it's true. 
Please convert me on condition that I let that you teach that I only have to learn the Torah Shebisav. Shammai shouted at him and drove him out uh, disapprovingly. He came before Hillel, and Hillel converted him. Yumakama or started him on the conversion process. Says Yumakama Omale Aleph Bayz Gimel Dalit. On the first day, he showed him each of the letters or showed him how to pronounce the letters. The following day, when the guy came for his second lesson in the conversion course, he switched it around. He said, Ah, that's uh, that Aleph. No, that's not Aleph, that's Gimel. Ah, that's not Dalit, that's Bayz. Says Omale Vaho Etmo Lo Martili Hachi. But that's not what you told me yesterday. Says Omale Lavo Lai Didi Kosamachta. Says, well, you're relying on me that there's the Torah Shebaalpeh, and that's the way to understand the Torah. You also have to rely on me. Ahilal showed him how essential it is to understanding the Torah Shebaalpeh, that you understand and that you learn the Torah Shebaalpeh. But again, for the reason the Gemara, I mean, obviously, there are deep lessons in that itself, the connection between the Torah Shebaalpeh and the Torah Shebaalpeh. But, and we, we see this people who don't read the Torah with the Torah Shebaalpeh. Um, people, um, people who don't read the Torah with Torah Shabbal Peh, they, uh, they, um, they always interpreting it in some way, just not the way that it's supposed to be interpret, interpreted according to our Torah Shabbal Peh handed down from us and taught to us by our rabbis. But again, we see Hillel, Shammai, he asked, he said a silly thing, I only want to convert if I have to, with only learning Torah Shebil Sav. And we know that you're not even, you're not allowed to accept a convert if they don't accept all the mitzvahs, all the parts of the Torah. And uh, so Shammai drove him away, but Hillel patiently explained to him why it was necessary and then converted him. There was another case with a different non-Jew. He came before Shama. Convert me, but on, but on condition that you can teach me the whole Torah while I'm standing on one foot. Shammai drove him out with the builder's rod that he had in his hand. He came before Hillel. Gayora, Hillel converted him. Omar lo, do alech sani lechavech or loy tavid, zuhi kolatora kula, veidich perusho hu silgomor. Hillel converted him and he told him, he says, what is hateful to you, don't do to your friend. And the whole Torah is commentary. The rest, you know, the rest is commentary, go and learn it. So amazing answer. He says, can you teach me the Torah on one foot? Hillel, I'll convert on condition. You can teach me the Torah on one foot. Hillel does that. He says, don't, what is hated to you, don't do to other people. Just a few interesting points on this from Rashi. Rashi says, firstly, that's, how does that cover? I mean, I was just thinking, Shemitah, Kashrut, Korbanos. How does don't do to others what is, hate, what is hateful to you, don't do to others, cover all those mitzvahs? Granted, it might cover the Torah Shabbat, uh, the mitzvahs between man and his fellow. But how does it cover all the Torah between man and Hashem? So the one answer Rashi gives is, well, it's man, is a majority of the Torah. And therefore, if you learn this, it's basically as if you know the whole Torah, if you master this principle. 
The other answer Rashi gives is when it says, don't do to your friend what you don't want done to yourself. It means don't do to anyone besides you. I don't do to people and Hashem what you wouldn't want done to yourself. And therefore it does include the Torah, um, the Torah Shebir Sav. And there are a few other answers what Hillel was... Act- I mean, obviously, there's a lot more to discuss, but just a few other points on this. Hillel, um, from the Ksav Sofer, Hillel says what he was showing him is that the Jews are all one family. We don't do to others what we don't want done to ourselves. And being one family, we're responsible for each other. That if one person's going to go and sin, not keep the whole Torah, it's going to affect all the Jews. And that's a key part of being the Jewish nation. That's essential to being the Jewish nation. And that's what a convert wants to do. He wants to join the Jewish people. And if that's what he wants to do, well, then he's got to be aware that all his actions affect everyone around him. And he must be careful with his avarice. And that's why that will be, if he, if he masters that point, don't do to others what you don't want hated to what you What is hated to you, don't do to others. Well, then you're not going to come to... Uh, do any Averas because of your care for the rest of the Jewish people. thought that was quite an amazing answer. Um, just another interesting point. Why did Shammah chase him with his builder's rod? So firstly, they learned from here, Shammah was a builder. I think this was a, it was a measuring stick that he had, that they used to have on a spirit level or something like that. Um, but Shammah was a builder. So they think one of the symbolisms, though, that he chased him out with the builder's rod is that he was trying to tell him just as you know, when you're building a wall, you've got to make sure that each layer of bricks is lay, is set up properly and straight and evenly spaced. And so to the second layer has to be set down properly, even um, and straight. And if you mess up in one of the lower layers, it's going to mess you up higher up. You're going to ruin the building higher up. So, so too, you've got to have, Shammah was telling him, you've got to have your foundations right. You can't come in and just ask for, on try and learn the whole Torah on one foot. You've got to build up from the foundation and uh, work out um, the whole way. And then just one other question I'd like to leave with um, this piece off with. And I'll leave it as a question, but it's something important, very important to think about, is what's this based on that Hillel says, what is hateful to you, don't do to others? So most likely it's the famous pasuk, love your friend like yourself. Now what does love your friend like yourself tell you? It tells you basically you've got to go all out for other people. If they need help, help them. If they don't like something done to them, don't do it to them. You've got to do positive things for them, actively help them, and also restrain from doing things they don't like. That's when Hillel comes and interprets it, he pulls back. He diminishes it and limits it and says, no, just don't do what is hated to other people. He's not saying anything about going and helping other people. He's just saying, don't do what's hateful to other people. Why does he limit it in such a way? And we'll leave with that, with that uh, question and go on to the next piece. There was another case with another. He was walking behind the yeshiva and he heard the... So if we're reading, these are the garments which you'll make, the choyshen and the eifod, garments of uh, royalty. So he says, so they, he said, Omar halumi, who these amazing clothes for? So Omar lola, pain godol. Said for the pain godol. Omar oisa nochri, that nochri came, but atzmo ba'elech. So Omru oisa nochri, but atzmo ba'elech. Then he's kair bishvil sheyesimenu kain godol. He was thinking to himself. He says, you know what? I want them to convert. I want to convert on condition 
that they make me kohen gorol. I want to get to wear those clothes. Bolifnei Shammai, he came before Shammai. Omalei Gayarani, Almanashet Tesi Meini kohen gorol. Convert me on condition that I can be the kohen gorol. Dochvu ba'amas abinyan shebiyodo. And Shammai chased him out with the stick in his hand, with the builder's stick in his hand. Bolifnei Hillel Gayora. He came before Hillel and Hillel welcomed him to the conversion uh, program. But Hillel said to him, you know, you can't become a king, you can't be, join the royal family unless you know all the royal pro- protocols. Go and learn the royal protocols. So, and where is that? That's found in the Torah. Go where the, read where the Torah speaks about being a Kohen. So he says, Halach Akari went and he learned. Kivan Shekia, he reached the Posuk Bazer HaKorov Yomus. A non Kohen who comes close to do the Avoida will be put to death. So he said to Hila, wait, who's this Posuk said about? So Omar Lay Afilu Al David Melech Yisrael. He said, that's even referring to David HaMelech. If he tries to. Join the Jew. If he tries to become a Kohen, he will be put to death. He'll be deserving of death by the hands of heaven. That Ger made a contradiction uh, by himself. He says, Just as Jews for the last have of uh, Hashem loves them, and because of his love, they called Hashem son. As we find the Pesach says, My firstborn son Yisrael. It's written regarding them. The Zer who comes close to tries to do a non-coin who tries to do the Havoida shall be put to death. A Ger who's brand new to the family comes with his uh, staff and his bag. He's just newly arrived. Allah has come overcome how much more so he'll be put to death. So, he realized that obviously he can't become the Kohen Godel. And that's what uh, Hila was showing. He says, join the program, we'll learn a bit and we'll see what happens. So he says, So this convert came to Shammai and he said to him, he said, I can't be a Kohen Godel. Why didn't you just show me the puzzle? Why did you drive me out? Just explain to me that I can't become the... the the Kohen Gadol. He said to Hillel, your patience, your humility, your you should have bracha on your head. You brought me under the the wings of the Shekhinah. It happened that those three converts happened to get together and they were chatting, telling each other their stories. Omru and they said, The strictness, the severeness, the harshness, impatientness of Shammai try to drive us from this world. But the humility, the patience of Hillel brought us under the wings of the Shekhinah. So again, all these converts, you can see they're appreciating this point. Shammai was very severe with us. And if it was up to Shammai, we would never have converted. Comes along Hillel. And he teaches us. um, And with his patience and stuff, he guided us. And we became fully-fledged Jews. And we're happy. And we're now part of the Jewish people, which we... And under have a special connection to Hashem's... uh, To the Shekhinah. And we're really appreciative of that. Okay. Um... 
what does the Pasuk mean when it says, May, your faith, may the faith of your times, the strength of your foundation of wisdom and knowledge. So what's that Pasuk referring to? So he says, This is actually, this Pasuk is referring to the six sections that the Mishnah is divided into. We know the Mishnah that Rebbe compiled, and that's the Gomorrah based on that, is divided into six sections. So he says each of these words refer to a different section. Emunah refers to Seder's Rome. Remember, Seder's Rome is the farmers. What's that got to do with Emunah? So Rashi says, because we have to trust the farmers that they separated their Trumas and Masras. Tosas come along and say, no, because farmers have to have extra emunah and Hashem. They take their grain and they put it in the ground to rot, hoping and trusting in Hashem that it will grow. So farmers have to have a lot of emunah. So that's why Zroim is the Seder of emunah. Itcho, your times, their Seder Moed. That's got to do with Moed. Moed is all the special events, Sukkot, Pesach, Shabbos, etc. Choysen, Chosen refers to Seder Noshim. Noshim is about the connection between men and women. I marriage, divorce, Yibum, Chalitza, etc. Um, and Chosen has the connection to Yichus, your lineage. So that has that's between the connection between a man and a woman. Yeshua is there Seder Nazikin. Yeshua is Seder Nazikin. Now this I thought amazing. Rashi says because it saves yourself from causing damage. Powerful idea that you want to save, you want to do yourself, you want to do yourself a favor, you want to save yourself. Don't do uh, damage to other people. Be careful from causing damage or harm to other people. Chochmah zeh seide kodshim. Wisdom is seide kodshim. I don't know if you remember Zvochim and Menachos. There's a fortune of information and principles and details that you have to grasp. And Vidat, they say that Tahara's Das is a deeper, even deeper, more difficult level of understanding you have to have to acquire Seder Taharas. So that's the first part of the Pasuk. Then it says, nevertheless, read the end of the Pasuk, it says, Hashem hi the fear of Hashem is the storehouse. You can only acquire all these levels of Torah if you get to the storehouse. And if you have a storehouse to hold all the Torah in, and that's Yiras Hashem. I'll discuss a bit more. Let's just finish this piece on the importance of Yiras Hashem and Torah learning. On my Rava, Rava says, He says, I've got a different explanation for this Pasuk. It says, When a person enters judgment, They say to him, Did you deal, do business faithfully? Were you honest in your business dealings? That's the first one, Emunah. Um, did you set time for learning Torah? We know if you don't learn first thing in the morning before you know it, your whole day is passed away in a rush and, a, and chaos and uh, you don't get time to learn. It, and obviously there's more to the value of Kovas Itim Torah, but that's one aspect. Did you delve, did you get involved in Pruravu? Obviously for yourself, but the commentaries bring even for, did you help uh, orphans and uh, poor people Enable, did you enable poor people to get married? Did you help other people fulfill the mitzvah of Pruravu? That's Choysen, uh, lineage. Um, Yeshua, did you, ho- did you look forward to the redemption? Did you look for the, re- did you, were you hoping for the redemption? Did you discuss wisdom? Did you get involved in the Torah discussions? That's Chochma and Da'at, Halvanta, Dova, Mitosh, Dova. Did you work on working out principles one from the other? Okay, so Rava says, 
that these six questions, the, the, those six phrases in the pasuk are alluding to the six questions that a person will be asked when he um, learns Torah, when he um, when he comes to learn, when he um, sorry, when he reaches Olam Haba after. At 120, when a person's niftar and he goes to Alam but these are the six questions we bought. But I feel nevertheless, reading the end of the Pasuk, Hashem he In if he has Yiras Hashem which makes it all able to keep, then it's good. If not, it's pointless. I all your Torah learning, if you don't have Yiras Hashem, what's the point? Carrying it says, Moshal Adam Sha'omar Khitim Lalia. He says, Can you bring up uh, can you go fetch me a kur of wheat? So the agent goes and brings it to him. Did you put a cup of this? Uh, it was very salty earth that they used to put mix in with their grain so that it didn't get, it would keep away the worms and stuff. It says, I didn't. He says, You might as well not have brought it. It's just going to fall away. So, so too, you can have lots of Torah learning. If you don't, as Yiras Hashem, it just falls away because what's going to motivate you to guard and keep and learn and practice the Torah learning that you've done if you don't have any Yerush Hashem. If a person is selling wheat and he's selling a kur of wheat, he can mix in even a kav of chumtun and it's not considered stealing. It's not like he's, I mean, if you bought uh, 10 kilos of wheat and some of that is this earth, you might try and sue the guy that I ordered 10 kilos of wheat and now you're giving me sand with it. He says, no, that sand's essential to keeping that 10 kilo, those, that wheat. So if you sell 10 kilos of wheat and one kilo or half a kilo, whatever it is of it is, uh, I don't know exactly the ratios, is uh, the schumtin, it's fine. Any person who has Torah but he does not have Yeros Shamayim, it's like they gave, a, if you have a treasure, someone who's in charge of a storehouse, and they gave him the inner keys, but not the outer keys. He says, Baha'i Isle, how's he going to get in to the storehouse? What's he going to be able to do with it? Um, so too, someone who has no Yiro Shomayim, what will his Torah do for him? He will never guard and keep the Torah. Machris Rebiyana said, Woe to one who doesn't have a courtyard, a chotzer, and he, tr- and he builds a door to a courtyard. Uh, he doesn't have a garden, but he put, puts an entrance to a garden. He says, what's the point? Again, this is the same thing. If you don't have Torah, if you don't have Yerushalayim, all the Torah that you learn isn't going to get you anywhere. It's a doorway to nowhere. And Hashem only created this world so that people have awe of Him. Hashem made it so that we fear Him. Rabbi Simon and Rabbi Lazar were sitting and Rabbi Yaakov Bar Abba passed before them, walked by them. So Amalei once said to his friend, Neiku mikma de gever dochil chotinhu. We should stand before him because he's a person who fears sin. 
Omar lay, Idrich, the other one said to him, Nay, can make me the Gever Bar Urien, who we should stand before him because he's a Tamil Chacham. So Omar lay, Amina Lacha Anna, the Gav, Dochil Chotin, who, Vomar, Li, At Bar Urien, who. says, I gave you a much greater praise than you coming along and giving me a lower praise. It's like you say, let's stand, uh, let's, uh, let's go ask that person because he's very, he's a billionaire for Tzadok. And you say, yeah, he's a millionaire, let's go ask him. That's what's happening here. I praised him for being Yiras Chait, and you're telling me that he's uh, he's uh, he's uh, Tamut Chacham. He's much more than that. And it is time to Rebbe Lozer who to Omar the Gavar Dochil Chotinu. We can actually work out that it's probably Rebbe Lozer who said he's Yiras Chait because we'll see that Rebbe Lozer was the one who gave a lot of weight to this. Uh, to the character trait of Yiras Chait. To Amr Rabbi Yochanan, Mishum Rabbi Lozer, Rabbi Yochanan said, "Name of Rabbi Lozer, Ein LaKadosh Baruch Hu BaOlam Mo Ela Yiras Shemayim Bilvad." All Hashem looks for in this world is Yiras Shemayim. That's the connection to Hashem has to this world. Shenei Maraz Zos Vato Yisrael Ma Hashem Elokecho Shalmecho. What does Hashem want from you? Ki Im LeYira, but only to fear Him. V'Goyim etc. Uksiv and the pasuk says, "VaYomer Lo Adam Hein Yiras Hashem Hi Chachma." Yiras Hashem is wisdom. In Greek, they call wisdom, they call one Hain. So, what's this Joshua? Yiras Hashem and Chochma are one. I had bound together. There's nothing besides uh, Yiras Hashem. And tis time so that it must be Rebbe Lezer. Just a few points on this quickly. When we speak about Yiras Hashem, or of Hashem, we're not speaking about this that we're afraid Hashem is going to strike us with lightning or punish us if we do bad. That's a lower level. When we speak about Yiras Hashem and Yiras Oynesh, referring to a very high level of we're so in awe of Hashem that we just can't bring ourselves to do things that would go against Him. Kind of the one parable they give is like sitting with your feet on the table. If your father's in the room, it's not because you're afraid your father's going to beat you. That you don't put your feet on the table. I mean, maybe that's all, but you don't put your feet on the table because that's not how you sit when your father's in your in the room. So when I, having an awareness of Hashem, so that there's certain things you just don't do because of your awareness of Hashem. That's yiras oynesh. That's yiras chait, and that's this high level we're speaking about. Another important point that comes out from this is that Torah and yiras shamayim. I mean, play on each other. One of the ways you come to yiras Hashem, you come to be in awe and realize. Hashem is through learning Torah, but you also have no way to keep that Torah, no way to, you have no value of that Torah, and you have no way to keep that Torah, to keep it on the aspect of remember it, instill it in your heart, and practice it, unless you have Yerushalayim. That's the Yerushalayim, a little bit of Yerushalayim, is the storehouse for the Torah. In one sentence, I mean, it's a deep, and I have to discuss it in greater detail, but the Nefesh HaChaim says as follows, says that um, he, he holds that Torah learning, learning Torah to just try and understand a piece of Gomorrah as best as you can, is the ultimate way to connect to Hashem. Just learning the piece of Gomorrah to try and understand it. It's the ultimate way of connecting to Hashem. Therefore, it means it's the greatest thing. He says, however, you are allowed to interrupt your learning at, uh, every once in a while to think about Yerushalayim. Because uh, that Yiras Shamayim is what, uh, what keeps your Torah. So you're right, on the one hand, to stop learning Torah, to think about anything else, is to break the ultimate way to connect to Hashem. But now, for Yiras Shamayim, it's necessary. So every once in a while, you must think, you must pause in your learning and think of your Yiras Shamayim, think of how, uh, think of Hashem, think of the awe of Hashem, and uh, 
guess why you're learning the Torah, to connect to Hashem, and then carry on your learning. Um, okay, carrying on. So, Dorosh Rabulai, my Dilsiv Al Tarsha Harbei. What does it mean when the Bible says, don't be too evil? He says, Harbei Hutulola Shahoma At Harsha. Is that telling me you're not allowed to be really wicked, but you can be a little bit evil? A little bit wicked. So, no, Misha Ochel Shum, Reichonoidev, Yaksov, Yosel Shum, Achav, Yehai Reichonodov. He says, no, what it means is someone who eats garlic and he has, and the, and the smell is coming from him, you shouldn't eat more garlic. If you've done a little bit wrong, don't just cross yourself off. Write off your life and go and be extremely evil. If you've done a little bit wrong, don't do more evil. Torah, Rabbi Barula, my deceive ki ein chartsuvois lemoisom. What does it mean? There's no pangs for the death. Ubori ulam, and they're strong in the, there's no fear for the for their death, and they're strong and certain in their uh, in their life. So Amar Hakadosh Baruch Hu la dan lasham sheinam charedi batzavim miyom amusa. Not only are the if the wicked not terrified or afraid of the day of death, they're as confident in themselves, like they have huge, huge hearts to bear themselves. It's fine with the Amar Rabbah, and this is what Rabbah says. My deceive, what does the Apostle mean when it says, This is the way of the foolish in their folly. If you ask any wicked person, he knows he's going to die. And he's not in denial of that point. And they, but they have fat on their kidneys, on their intestines. I, they just, they, 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 the weight to their heart is blocked. They just don't let that information settle in. They might say that it's forgetting. Talmud Lomar, the Torah says, yeah, their end is on their mouths, but they accept it. Ah, yes, these evil people will be, are aware they're going to die. They'll speak about their death, but it just doesn't settle into their mind that they've got to, ah, if people die. There's more to, the, to life than just this world. You've got to live for a higher world and do tshuva. Okay, then we go back to our Mishnah after the Zagadita. If a person was careful with the, um, wanted to save the wick. So we learned in the Mishnah, the Tanakhama came along and say, anything you do because you want to save it, you want to save the wick, you want to save the oil, you want to save, you potter aval osur. Why? Because we said it's a malacha you sorry, the Tanakhama said you chayev. It's osur doraisa, and we said because that's Rabbi Yehuda holds, malacha she'ena even if you're doing a malacha, not for an intrinsically creative purpose itself, but it serves a purpose, you chayev. So that's Rabbi Yehuda. So granted, you don't want to put the candle out because you want the candle out, but you want to save the oil. Well, you are putting the candle out and it does have a purpose. It's to save the oil and therefore you have. Rabbi Yehuda came along and said on that whole list, the candle, the lamp, etc., the, the oil, the lamp, etc., you potur, aval osur, except for if you want to spare the wick. So he says, what's that? Rabbi Yossi commands Sovereign, who does Rabbi Yossi hold like? If he holds like Rabbi Yehuda, that for a malacha she'ena tzricha lagufa yuchayev, you know, So, just to refresh our mind, remember that's a machloikes Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Shimon. Um, but what a malacha she'ena let's go according to Rashi, is the malacha has to be done for itself as a constructive act. If it's done in response or in reaction to resolve another issue, 
excuse me, to resolve another issue, then it's not a malachash, it's not a regular malach, it's a malachash and shrikhalagufa. According to Rabbi Yehuda, if you do a malach as soon as it's constructive, even if it's in itself is in reaction to something else, it is chayav. It's as if you've done 100% malacha daraisa. According to Reb, um, according to Rabbi Shimon, if you do a malacha, um, according to Rabbi Shimon, it's potter aval osur, it's isudra bonum, to do a malacha shenshrechalakufa. Now, back to Rabbi Yossi. So if you want to say that you hire for the wick, for trying to save the wick, like Rabbi Yossi says, well, if he holds like Rabbi Yehuda, you should also be higher for trying to save the oil, trying to save the lamp from cracking, etc. So, what? Why would Rabbi? Um, why would Rabbi Yossi hold you higher for saving the wick, but you potter for trying to save the lamp and the oil, etc.? So, it's Ve'ika Rabbi Shimon Soverlei, and if Rabbi Yossi holds like Rabbi Shimon, Psila Nami Liftor. Well, then even if you're trying to save the wick, you should be potter again because it's a Malacha Shenshrichalagufa. So Omar Ula, Ula says, Ula says, you should go like Rabbi Yehuda. Sorry, he holds like Rabbi Yehuda. Because of Rabbi Yossi and Rabbi Yossi holds, Soiser Almanas live noise, Bim Koima have a Soiser. Almanas live noise, Shaloi Bim Koima have a Soiser. If you demolish something on condition to build in its place where you demolish, that's considered Soiser, that is Osudoraisa. If you demolish something to build in another place, you want the materials or something like that, Lo have a Soiser, that is not Soiser. In other words, what Ula is saying, there's a. Um, Generally, on Shabbos, if you do a destructive act, it's potur. It's not an isudoraisa. Because it has to be constructive to be an isudoraisa. That's, um, that's generally. However, there are certain um, times where if you do a destructive act that is essential to the constructive purpose, well, then it is part of the process and it is a malacha, it is constructive. So, for example, you've got a rickety wall. So you demolish that wall to build a strong wall in its place. That's demolishing the wall is essential to building the new wall. So it's an isudoraisa. It's in the end it's constructive. So Ula wants to say this is what he's saying here. When you that's the only time you hire for something destructive. Putting out a lamp is generally. I mean, I, I wouldn't have thought that, but putting out a lamp is viewed as a destructive act. I guess you had a light and now you don't have the light, so it's destructive. So to, the only time you'll be chayev is if you put out the light to light in that same place with that wick again. However, if you put out the lamp to light in another place, I to save the oil, to save the light, then it's different. The only time it will be considered demolishing, destructive, oh, let's say, soisar almanas livnois in that destructing on a you're destroying in, on condition to build in that place would be to put out the wick to save the wick because then you want to light the wick itself in the exact same place. But if you put it out to save the oil, well then it's got nothing to do with that place. It's like just taking the building materials to build with elsewhere and you'd be potter. That's how Uli explains it. This is what do you mean? All the melochas we learn from the Mishkan. And by the Mishkan, they always 
dismantled the Mishkan to build it somewhere else. I, when would they dismantle the Mishkan? When they were about to travel in the desert. And then when would they rebuild it? Somewhere else. So how can Ula come along and say, the only time you hire for demolishing something is if you're going to build in that place. When we learn it from the Mishkan, and every time they, I don't want to say demolish, dismantle the Mishkan, it was to build it, they would dismantle it and start traveling and build it somewhere else. So since it says, by the word of Hashem they camped, it says, if they demolished it to build in that place. I don't understand this fully, but it's along the lines of when you're demolishing based on Hashem's under Hashem's point, Hashem once says, I want you to dismantle the Mishkan here and build it here. That's one act. That's dismantling and building because that's what Hashem wants. When it's you yourself dismantling here to build over there, okay, it's two separate things. One is you're dismantling this, you're demolishing this wall, and the other is you're building another there. But when it's all based on Hashem, well, then it's one uh, unit, it's one uh, expression. But I'm not too clear on that point. Then he says, so that's how. Uh, that's how Ulla learns. The only reason Rabbi Yossi says, again, the reason you have on the wick is because, and only the wick, is because that's demolishing on condition to rebuild in that place. You're putting out the wick to be able to light that wick again. Whereas, and that's when you hire for a destructive act. Whereas the other cases like to save the oil, well, then it's like demolishing a wall to build another wall elsewhere. It's not, you wouldn't be chayv according to um, um, Rebbe. Uh, you wouldn't be chayv according to Ula. Then another, a different version. Rebbe Yochanan, Omer Rebbe Yochanan says, No, la'olam ka Rebbe Shimon sovrlo. Actually, he holds like Rebbe Shimon. Umay shnopsila. And why is the wick different? Again, as according to Rabbi Shimon, it's a melacha shayn srikha which he holds is potter. So why, if you put out the wick to save the wick, are you chayav? So kato'ama rav amnuna v'itayma rav arabarava, like rav amnuna, or some say it was rav arabarava, said, hacha b'psila shetzorich lahavo askinan. Now we're talking about a wick that you want to singe. I, what's the purpose of singeing the wick? Remember, they would twist the cloth into a wick and then they would singe it. They would catch it a lot and put it out quickly so that next time when they came to lot, the, the wick would catch easily and fully. So that's, the, that's what we're discussing. We're not discussing you had this candle burning for half an hour and now you came and put out the wick. We're discussing where you put out the wick to basically create the wick, to make it a wick that catches a lot easily. And now you can see that's what he says. Um, you're making the wick, so it's constructive. So again, what's how's Rabbi Yochanan learning Rabbi Yossi? Again, what did Rabbi Yossi say? If you put out the fire, the, the candle, you put out the candle to save the wick or to save the oil, to, sorry, to save the lamp, sorry, to save the lamp or to save the oil, you're potter. Why? Because it's a malacha shein shrichel You're not putting, you're not doing it, you're not putting out the fire the lamp because there's an intrinsic gain in putting out the lamp you're putting out the lamp in response to the fact that you want to save the oil you don't really want the fire in the first place so therefore it's considered destructive sorry therefore it's not uh, not destructive therefore it's a and potter however when it comes to the wick what our mission is talking about is where you making a wick you always singe the wick to make it 
So therefore, um, you're... Uh, uh, sorry, one second. Um, making the wick... Yeah, so making the wick is constructive. You're burning it not because... You want, you're putting it out not because you want to save something else. You're putting it out because you want to... Uh, um, not because you want to put it out. You're putting um, you're putting it out because you wanted to uh, make to make a wick so that next time you come to light it, it comes a lot easily. That's it. And then says we can deduce it because he says he's making it into charcoal. It's made into into charcoal. What does this mean? Now, if the point was to teach like Ulla, remember Ulla came along and said, why is he chayev? Because he's extinguishing the wick in order to save it to relight in that place. It's the similar to demolishing a, a wall to be able to rebuild the wall in that place. It says if that was the case, it should have said, Shenas is becham because it's made into charcoal. But what does the Mishnah say? To make it into charcoal. Because according to Rabbi Yochanan, what are you doing? You're making it into charcoal. You're making it into a charred wick so that it is easy to light. So Rava wants to say that that's, uh, um, that's the primary purpose. So again, just to bring out, I think, let's not get too stuck in this. It's a little bit tricky. But to bring out some of the main klalim we've seen um, from this piece, is firstly the famous Machloikis Rebuda and Rabbi Shimon, which you'll see often of Melacha Shainet Shrikha Remember, according to Rashi, a Melacha Shainet Shrikha is where the Melacha is done in response to something else. The act you're doing is not for, it's, you're not being creative for itself. You're not being constructive for itself. It's in response to something else. According to, um, according to Toshos, a Melacha Shainet Shrikha is now where it's done for, it's only considered one of the 39 Melachas when it's done in response, sorry, not when it's done in response, when it's done for a similar purpose as was done in the Mishkan. If it's done with a different intent, I not why they did it in the Mishkan, then according, then it's a Malachosh and Shrikha Lagufa. And again, according to Yehuda, Malachosh and Shrikha Lagufa is Chayv Doraisa. And according to Shimon, it's only a Isudra Bonan. That's one point to remember, and we're going to have that, that comes up often in this Masechta. Another point we mentioned is a destructive act. Soiser is you generally exempt for a destructive act, but where you're being destructive in order to be constructive, then you would be chayev. Um, that was one point. And then a third point is remember to put out a fire to save the wick. I, you've got a candle that's been burnt for half an hour. There's a good chance to say that that's a malacha shein shrikha because why are you putting it out? Not because you want the fire out because it served the purpose, but in reaction to the fact that you want to save the wick. It's the same as you want to save the oil. But if you're making a wick, and like I said, they used to, whatever, twist the thread or the paper, the cloth, and then burn it so that when you come to light it, it's easy to light. That burning it and putting it out, making it into a charred wick, is part of the manufacturing the wick, and therefore it would actually be a proper malacha. Okay, we'll leave it there for today.